Good morning. How's it going? All right. <clears throat> Open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. We are going to finish Philippians this week. <clears throat> All right, if you need a Bible, raise your hand. We will get you one. Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 10, going through the end of the book. The word of the Lord. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly because once again you renewed your care for me. You were, in fact, concerned about me, but lacked the opportunity to show it. I don't say this out of need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. I know both how to make do with little, and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Still, you did well by parting with me in my hardship. And you Philippians know that in the early days of the gospel when I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the manner of giving and receiving except you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent gifts for my needs several times. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the profit that is increasing to your account. But I have received everything in full and I have an abundance. I am fully supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you provided, a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you greetings. All the saints send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for Philippians. Uh, thank you for this day. Thank you for the church. Thank you for the opportunity that we have, uh, the privilege that we have to be able to freely uh, gather together as your sons and daughters, as brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, to worship you to be ministered to by your Holy Spirit and by your word through one another, uh, to be encouraged to find rest. Now, Lord, may we receive your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> okay, Troy, if I can't finish this sermon, you will come up and finish it. Okay. <laughs> I've been losing my voice for a week, uh, so... That's why I have water up here. Okay. Um, the title of this sermon, we have what we need, okay? And then we say, well, what do we have? Well, we have grace. That's what we have. What do we need? We need, we need grace. What do we have? We have Christ, all right? And what do we need? We need Christ. Christ is the grace of God. Um, and so that's how we're going to wrap this up. I think it's beautiful to the way Paul does this, all right? I will walk through the passage, um, briefly, but then I'm going to pull out some, some keys, okay? Um, Paul opens the letter 
in verses 3 through uh, 11 in, in a very similar fashion as he closes this letter with, with thanksgiving, all right? Um, he thinks, and, and I, want to, I want you to keep this at the forefront of your mind. He, he thanks the people for, for their support through thick and through thin, financial support, of course, prayers, of course. Um, of course, there's other ways to uh, partner with the ministers of the gospel, uh, but, but prayer and financial support would be is, is, is high on the list. Encouragement, um, there, there's, a, there's a lot of ways you, you can do that, and there, I'm sure there was other ways they did that. But he highlights, uh, of course, uh, they're sending Epaphroditus with a, with a gift of uh, financial support probably primarily, all right? And so he opens up the book with that thanksgiving, with that gratitude, and he closes the book with that thanksgiving and gratitude. But it's interesting to, to, to see that in verse 3, he says, I give thanks to my God for their partnership. And then in verse 10, he says, I rejoice in the Lord. Even his thanksgiving and gratitude for the people of God is rooted in thanksgiving and gratitude to, to God. And that really is the only way that we can really, through thick and thin, and, and just this life, really stay steadfast in our relationships with one another, is, is to really ground our love for one another in the fact that God first loved us to ground our, our love for one another in God's love for us and our love for God. And so that's how he opens it. That's how he closes it. Even when he's giving thanks to God's people, he's clearly giving thanks to God for God's people. And that just, again, it just safeguards our heart against all the difficulties that happen in relationships as you really get to know one another, which we've talked about this. I'm not going to talk about it a bunch. But what happens when you get to really know somebody? They will let you down. <laughs> they, they will not live up to your standards. They never do. You don't live up to other people's standards. People don't live up to your standards. Even when people are, are serving you and, and loving you and praying for you, we, we can oftentimes wish they would and, and be discouraged that they're not doing more of those things. Uh, oftentimes we're not served. We're not prayed for. We're not encouraged. It's like, well, how, how do we really stay at it? How... How do, in the, in the book of Philippians, we want to walk out of Philippians with two things, unity and joy, right? But the unity has got to be in the Lord, and the joy has got to be in the Lord, or we will just be tossed to and fro by every, not just wind of doctrine, but every just, like, flippant, let-down thought that we have. Um, we will think people are out to get us when they're not. Uh, we will not be able to hang in there when people do let us down purposely, um, and, and we won't be able to stay at it through thick and through thin. And so we want to walk out of Philippians with a unity and a joy that is both grounded in the Lord. So Philippians in a nutshell, man, I am so thankful to the Lord for you guys. And then he says, hey, he knows there's a unity issue. Hey, go you need to be living this way in light of the fact that you are citizens uh, of heaven. And then he closes with, man, I am so thankful to the Lord for you guys. And so I rejoice in the Lord greatly because once again, you renewed your care for me. Obviously, there was a time where they couldn't care for him. Um, and see, even in that, man, I, even in that, you see where the mind can go? 
you have some people that are caring for you, but for whatever reason, they, they can't care for you. And man, it's only when we rejoice in the Lord that our mind doesn't go to dark places. We never know why people can't do the things we want them to do. Maybe some serious stuff is going on in their lives. Maybe they're not out to get you. Maybe there's no even uh, broken relationship going on. Maybe just life circumstances just have prevented them from caring for, for you in your time of need. You were, in fact, concerned about me, but you lacked the opportunity to show it. I don't say this out of need. Paul's fascinating. I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. I rejoice in the Lord greatly for your renewed help, but I'm not saying that I really needed your help. Man, this it's fascinating how he says this stuff. Because I've learned in whatever circumstances I find myself, I, have, I know how to make do with little. I know how to make do with a lot. In all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. I am able to do what? All things in his own power, in his own strength? Absolutely not. Through him, through Christ, who strengthens me. But just so you know, I'm not like saying I don't like absolutely like, yeah, thank you for your gift. Didn't really need it. Just so we know that he's not like saying it like that. He says, still, you did well by partnering with me in my hardship. Thank you. That, that's what he's doing. Thank you. If, if I, but, but remember, Paul, man, the mountain that Paul stands on, the pillow that he lays his head down at night is in the Lord. It's, it's Christ. It's the sovereignty of God. So he can say, thank you for the gift, but remind them that if you didn't or couldn't give me the gift, it still would have been okay. God's plan is not going to be thwarted. Yes, it might have meant that I would have had more hardship, more sleepless nights, more empty stomachs. Sure, and, and that is what it is. That's, that's hard. But regardless, I was, I was going to be fine. And I was not only going to be fine, this is incredible. I was going to be content. I was, my settled joy and the fact that God is sovereign and the fact that his kingdom has come and the fact that it is coming and the fact that God is building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. If the gates of hell will not prevail against it, then, then lacking an opportunity for one, one reason or another to not be able to care for me, guys, wasn't going to hinder God's plan of salvation for his people. But just so you know that I'm not like, man, I didn't even really, not only did I need it, whatever, God's sovereign, who cares about your, you did well. So it's just, a, it's just a, an ending of, of, of thank you. And it is, if you just read 3 through 11 in chapter 1, it's, it's highlighting similar stuff. And you Philippians, verse 15, you know that in the early days of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you alone. Man, they love Paul. For even in Thessalonica, which he wasn't there in Thessalonica that long at all. Don't quote me, but I want to say he was there for like, I think, only three weeks. Um, don't quote me on that, though. Don't Google that. Uh, ask, ask me later. I'll Google it. <laughs> for even in Thessalonica, you sent gifts for my needs several times. Again, he was there for a short period, and yet they sent him gifts several times. Not, and here he is, not that I seek the gift. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the profit that is increasing to your account. Man, it is better to give than to receive. They're, they're, they're storing up their treasures in heaven. 
Man, Paul is so selfless. What an example Paul is. Hey, you guys remember? Right out, the, right out the gate, you guys were the first ones to care for me. Even when I was in Thessalonica for a short period of time, you guys sent me gifts several times. But I wasn't even seeking the gift primarily. What I'm seeking is, is, is um, your, the eternal value on your behalf. It's, it's fascinating, his heart. I have received everything in full. I have an abundance. He's in prison. Fascinating. I am fully supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you provided, a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Man, the view of God on our gifts, pleasing sacrifice, just giving, serving, and in this context, just giving. Material, we're talking about material things, just giving things to people in their time of need. Out of, out of not only our abundance, but we know that there are churches. I, as the Church of Antioch, I think, was giving out of, not out of their abundance. They were a needy church, and yet they were still giving. And notice this. So I have received, verse 18, everything in full. I have an abundance, and I am fully supplied. Now look at verse 19. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ. So he's been fully supplied by God's people, but it's, it's by God, all right? The means are God's people. And then he encourages them, you too are going to be fully supplied. God will supply your needs. And I, I'm, I'm going to get out, but, but I might get ahead of myself, but it's okay. Verse 11, we see, we see need, all right? Um, verse uh, 12, we, we see need. And, and then here again, we see needs, all right? I'm going to suggest to you, all right, that I am able to do all things through him in strength, who strengthens me is ultimately Paul's need. And it's, it's also the Philippians' need, all right? And so when he says, and my God will supply all your needs, I believe those two verses are two ways of saying the same thing. And that the, the, the needs of the people are the same needs for Paul, and they're the same needs for all the people of God throughout all the centuries, and that is to be strengthened by Christ, to be strengthened through Christ, to be able to face every single circumstances in life, and yet to be content. And so he, again, this doesn't say that Christ is, is not going to supply your physical and material needs. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. <laughs> Um, this is not where we, we, you know, jump off the deep end and the prosperity gospel stuff, but it's also where we don't overcorrect so much that we're like, God's not going to ever feed you. God's not, you're going to starve and die. We, we don't do that either. But the need that we need, the need for the day, the need for the hour, the need for every day and for every hour, for every Christian that has ever lived as pilgrims is passing through is to be strengthened by God in Christ. And Paul is confident in God to do that. He's going to supply. He supplied my needs. He's going to supply your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. And then he closes with a benediction. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you greetings. All the saints send you greetings, especially those belonging to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. So he opens up, like opens, opens up, as he does every letter, 
grace to you and peace to you. And then he closes with the grace of God be to you. And we can just be like, well, I mean, these are just, you know, it's just like the, uh, you know, the introduction to the letter. And this is just like the closing. It's like, you know, sent from my iPad. That's what my closing is on my email. It's, it's just that's all it is. It, it's not that's not what it is. Paul, uh, you could sum up Paul, and I believe you could sum up all of Christianity with two words, like what should be at the forefront of our mind, and it is sovereign grace. Sovereign grace. It's good to have those two together because those are the pillows that we lay our head down at night. It's not just grace, and it's not just God is sovereign. It's sovereign grace. And, and this is what Paul this is what Paul, this was his bread and butter. This is what Paul, this is what got Paul out of bed hitting the ground running. Again, not being delusional, but actually being grounded in ultimate reality that God is sovereign, that God is good. And my circumstances, of course, are constantly telling me that he's neither of those things. And, and I'm, I, the world may think I'm an idiot. They certainly do. Because it looks like all hell is breaking loose and everything is out of control. It also looks like there is no grace. There is no justice. There is no mercy. No. But, but Paul knows that God is sovereign and that God is good. And he, he really does want the people of God to rest in that. Which I believe is why he opens and closes every single letter with grace to you. Grace to you. And so we're going to end, and this isn't because it's Reformation Day. It's Reformation Day every Sunday here at, at Reforming Truth Church. I almost said reformingtruthchurch.com. It's funny. Um, it, it's Reformation Sunday every day here. And so this isn't some sermon that we're doing just to highlight the Reformation, but we are going to speak about just grace alone. And it's, it's by grace, through faith, in Christ alone. And this passage actually brings that out. Paul opens the letter with a declaration of grace. He closes the letter with uh, grace, and we see Paul rejoicing in the Lord. Grace. Grace. How is Paul even... Someone can rejoice. Anybody can rejoice. But only by the grace of God can anybody rejoice in the Lord. And only by the grace of God can anybody rejoice in the Lord. And only by the grace of the Lord can somebody rejoice in the writing a letter to a church that is having unity issues. I mean, if you're a normal human being, unity issues make your stomach churn. It just, it just, uh, it just, it just eats at you. It's only by the grace of God that Paul can rejoice in the Lord and write this letter, a letter of ultimate correction. And Paul, notice also, he... Um, he, he's, he talks about rejoicing in the Lord, there's grace. And then he says um, that his strength comes through Christ to face any circumstance, any, any, anything that's going on in life, he's strengthened by God. So he not only has a foundation of, of grace, of being in the Lord, but he has this continual grace of being strengthened in the Lord and by the Lord as he just lives this life, a life full of difficulties. Again, it's not all bad all the time, but life is hard. And so grace, it's, it's a thread throughout this whole thing. And then Paul says, God will supply all their needs as well. Grace. 
grace upon grace. It's, it's the grace of God to be able to rejoice in the Lord because it's the grace of God to even be in the Lord, to be united to the Lord. It's the grace of God that we're strengthened in life's, and just in life, life's difficulties, life's trials. And then it's the grace of the Lord that we can then turn to other people and confidently say, the Lord will strengthen you too. It's all grace. And then, of course, he ends at the very end that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ would be with them. So this is what I couldn't get away from. This little simple outline of like what God has done and what God is doing and what God will do. And it's, we already know all this stuff. He's, he's, it's grace. Why do we have grace? Why do we need grace? Why do we pray for grace? That's the, that's the cry of the Christian. I mean, I'm going to read just a couple verses, but man, the grace of God on steroids in Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. And I, we read this a lot. And even sometimes when it's being read, I can check out when it's being read. Not when I'm reading it, but when Painborn reads it or Chor reads it. I'm, these are, it's so familiar. And sometimes we, we read these, especially this, and we, we get stuck on, you know, the chosen thing and the predestination thing. That's fine. That's God's grace. And Paul calls it so, but this is grace on steroids. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. And that's ultimately what Paul's just saying to them. He's saying it about his own life. I'm good. God is strengthening me, and he's going to pour out all his strength on you. Why? Because we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. For he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, grace. To be holy, grace, and blameless, grace. In love before him, grace. He predestined us, grace, to be adopted, grace, as sons through Jesus Christ for himself, according to his good pleasure of his will, grace, to the praise of his glorious grace that he lavished on us in the beloved one. In him we have redemption through his blood, grace, the forgiveness of our trespasses, grace, according to the riches of his grace that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us grace, the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he purposed in Christ as a plan for the right time, to bring everything together in Christ, both things in heaven and things on earth in him. In him we have also received an inheritance, grace, because we were predestined, grace, according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will, so that we who had already put our hope in Christ might bring praise to his glory. In him you were sealed, grace, with the Holy Spirit, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed, grace. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. Grace, 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 grace to the praise of his glory. Grace, 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 grace to the praise of his glory. God's got me. God's got you. God will have you. Praise the Lord. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. That's, this, that's how he ends this letter. When Peter says, I mean, when we're talking about unity issues, circumstances in life, Paul's circumstances, their circumstances, they're being persecuted. Does more persecution await them? Probably. So Paul, he just points them to Christ. He points them to the grace of God in Christ. And Peter says his divine power, as when we think about going through this life, 
Peter says, his divine power has given, that's a grace word, grace, us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us, grace, by his own glory and goodness. You, you got it. Peter knew it. This isn't some message that only Paul had strength from Christ to face circumstances. This isn't some message that is only to the Philippians. There's some special, special group of people in Christ that, that Paul then just, he's just got a word of knowledge, word of wisdom that God is going to strengthen them as well. No, it's for all of God's people for all times and all places that we have everything required for life and godliness. And what, what, what falls under that category? Contentment. Contentment. That's the secret. What is the secret sauce here, Paul? You said you found out the secret. What is it? Guys, it's no secret to the people of God. It's Christ. It's, it's being strengthened by Christ, by his word, by his spirit, through other people. Remember, this is in the con there's two threads going on here. Christ, Christ, Christ. Thank you, God's people. And, and, and they're, they're not separate. God strengthens his church through his people, by his people, to his people. It's, it's not some like thing that's off, off in la-la land, which I think sometimes we just nod in agreement these, these words and we're like, it sounds right, it sounds good, it sounds true, but really? I'm being strengthened by Christ, you're sure? I'm going to continue to be strengthened? How? What does that look like? Well, it looks like sitting under his word. It looks like beholding his word. It looks like sitting under the ordinary means of grace every Lord's day. And it looks like other people serving and loving and giving into your life and praying for you and encouraging you. That's what it looks like. And if you don't have any of that going on in your life, see, see one of us after the church. I'm serious. And we will help. We will help. We will help remedy that. Because this is available for all of God's people. And so the application is just, to, first off, is just simply to know something. So here's Paul. I'll do it again. Thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your gift. Thank you for your money. I'm good. Didn't need it, but you still did a good job. The only reason I didn't need it is that not that I didn't have any, like, air quotes needs. It's just that God's got me. God's got me through you, though, and so I appreciate it. And guess what? God's got you also. So God's got me, grace. By the grace of God, go I. God's got you, grace. He'll strengthen you too. Oh, and by the way, I know I just said God's got me and he's got you and it's all by God's grace, but you know what? The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. It's fascinating. The very things that we have, the very things that we will have, we pray that we will continue to have. We pray for our own lives and we pray for other people. And so to get, like, what, what do we take away is to know that the secret to being content in this life, which this life is hard. Moms, it's hard. Dads, it, it's hard. There is no mom's life is harder than dad's life. That The world is trying to pit those two things. They always have. Mom's life, difficulties. Dad's life, difficulties. Uh, people that are single, if you don't have the gift of singleness, that, that, that can be difficult. I don't know if anybody has the gift of singleness. I think maybe that verse has been taken out of context and been just trampled on. It's hard. It can be really hard. Um, think about your job. 
I'm sure it's not just easy peasy every day. Life has its difficulties. And then as Elijah and Chuck and I were talking, just, just, just think about two things that we, probably everybody in this room has a common thing, health, finances. We, we could be sitting on a million dollars in healthy and still we'll wake up in the middle of the night and be like, it's, 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 it's happening. I'm going to lose all my money or, or this is the week. I think I, think, I think I found a lump or I think, I, got a, I think something's going on. Well, what if I have, I mean, what if I have cancer? What if this sickness, I don't ever get over this sickness? I've been sick since last Friday. What do I have? I don't know. I can't get over it. And, we, and our mind goes in crazy places. Yeah, stay away from me. Um, our mind goes in crazy places. I, I tried to get some compassion from Elijah, and he said, buck up, son. You got a gospel to preach. So there you go. Literally what he said to me. Okay, in front of people. All right. <laughs> so... The secret to being content in this life, we, we haven't even touched, and you know, I touch on it often. Maybe the most difficult thing we go through in this life is actual relationships. And, and, that, and I say that, especially in Philippians, because that there's that, it's going on here. That yes, Paul's in jail. He's being persecuted. Yes, they're being persecuted. But I think what Paul knows is that the most important thing and maybe the most difficult thing that we go through in life is divisions in the house of God and relationships, you know, strains. How? how but how, how, do we not, how do we not look like how we used to go through these things? How, how, do, we, how do we just, I don't know, not, I mean, not do it perfectly. I don't want to put that on your shoulders, but how do we at least make some progress? How do we go through some things in life and then look back and be like, you know what? I'm actually, went, I mean, I still sucked at going through that thing, but man, I was better at going through it than I was five years ago. The Lord is doing a work in my life. How? Well, he tells us that the secret is to rest in the grace of God. The secret to being content is to know, and again, I'm not saying that, that we can't cry and that we can't be sad and can't be hurt. Not saying that. But the, the not totally waylaid by our anxieties and fears and our sadness and depression, how do we have a thread? And I mean, when I say thread, I say, no matter how small that thread is, an unbreakable thread that nothing, nothing, nothing can detach us from. How do we have a thread of contentment? It is to know and to believe and to rest in the fact that we have what we need. Because we have Christ. Christ is the grace of God. We have grace. We have Christ. So what has God done? By his grace, he has saved us. Verse 10, I rejoice in the Lord. In the Lord. That's what God has done. By grace, through faith, in Christ. He has saved us. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace. You are in the Lord by grace. Paul's in the Lord by grace, and so are we. That's what God has done. Cool. What's God doing? By his grace, he is saving us. Verse 13 I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me currently. What is true for Paul is true for us. 
We have been saved by the, by the grace of God, and by the grace of God, we are being saved. We are being strengthened through Christ. Notice the prayer of Christ, and I always go to this. I know it's to the disciples that were living, but it's I don't think it's just like, you know, particular to them and, and not to us. And what's he say? I mean, do you want to know if you're being strengthened? Listen to this. I mean, this is the, the prayer of Christ. Do you think it's being answered? I do. Yes, I do too. I am not praying that you take them out of the world, the disciples, but that you protect them from the evil one. Man, we're being strengthened, people. They are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them. We're being strengthened, people. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. I sanctify myself for them so that they also may be sanctified by the truth. We're being strengthened. We're being set apart. We're being, we're being sanctified. So we have been set apart. We are be, being set apart. We have been strengthened in Christ. We've been made alive, given a new heart, new destiny. And we are being strengthened by Christ. Well, what will God do? What has God done? He's saved us. By the grace of God, we have been saved. What is he doing? He's saving us. He's strengthening us. Well, what will he do? Well, verse 19, and my God will. So he has done, he is doing, and he will supply all your needs according to the riches and glory in Christ Jesus. By his grace, he will save us. By his grace saved, by his grace being saved, and by his grace, he will save us. By his grace Grace strengthened by his grace, being strengthened by his grace, will be being strengthened. We can, we can bank on it. Sovereign grace. He will not leave or forsake us. Paul has already declared, I am sure of this, that he who started, that's grace, a good work in you, will carry it on to completion, that's grace, until the day of Christ Jesus. Paul's just reiterating this over and over and over again. I'm good, you're good, and may the fact that we know we're good help us to just, may, may it strengthen us, may it give us some rest, and by the way, let's keep praying for one another that we would know that we are good, and that we would continue to get some of that goodness from God. Yes, we know we have it. Yes, we know we've had it. Yes, we know we have it. Yes, we know we will have it. Based on that knowledge, let's pray that we will continue to have it. Grace. Bavink, I love this. Grace is the beginning, the middle, and the end of the entire work of salvation. The entire work of salvation. It is totally devoid of human merit. And you could just as easily as say, Christ is the beginning, the middle, and the entire work of salvation. And so we rest in that. I mean, what do we do with that? Well, before, there are some things that we can see that we do here, but the first thing I want us to do is just to know it, to believe it, to rest in it, to trust that God has saved us, he is saving us, and he will save us. God has strengthened us by regenerating us and making us alive, and he's currently strengthening us, regardless of what your life looks like right now, he's strengthening you. Walk in it, and he will strengthen you. You will not get out of bed one day and be like, where, where is it? Where'd it go? I mean, you might go through those things. I mean, I, we just emotionally, but God's not going to leave or forsake you. From your perspective, it might seem that way at times, but it ain't true. 
And Paul knows it, and Paul wants the people of God to know it. Paul doesn't, and lovingly, is not down for the yeah buts. He's not down for the whataboutisms. Because this is what we do. Yeah, but my life, you don't know what I've done. What about this scenario? What about this situation? You're telling me it sure doesn't look like Paul. No, 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 no. Paul would say, hey, by the grace of God, you've been saved. And by the grace of God, you're united to Christ. And by the grace of God, you are being saved. And by the grace of God, you are being strengthened. And by the grace of God, you will be saved. And by the grace of God, you will continue to be strengthened. That's the reality of the child of God, regardless of the circumstances. I don't know. What are the circumstances? They're hard. I know they are. I'm alive too. Life is hard. And again, it's not all bad. <laughs> I don't want you to think that. Life is hard. But we have Christ. We have Christ. So what do we do? We rest. We believe. We trust. But here we see we give grace. <laughs> Tangible stuff to grab onto. No, notice the two threads. It's all God's grace, but God uses people. And they're giving grace to Paul by serving and giving to him. So we, we do it too out of gratitude. I have an overflow of gratitude for, for Christ and for the grace of God. We, we give to the people of God. We give. We are an instrument of God's grace through our giving and, and, and through our uh, support into the furtherance of the gospel in other people's lives and, and gospel ministries. And of course, it doesn't, it's not just giving, but I mean, that's the context here, but by praying and encouraging and, and forgiving. We worship him and give him glory. Verse 20. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. I mean, it, it, this isn't rocket science. You mean what I had, I have, and will have, Christ? Yes. Man, what a balm for the soul. You mean I can just let rest, lay down with it? Yes. You know what? Thinking about all the grace of, of the Lord that I have, I, <laughs> I'm going to go... Give grace and mercy to other people. Yeah, do that. I mean, guys, it's, remember, God doesn't need our good works. Other people do. And what do they primarily need? They need grace and mercy. Cut them some freaking slack. Life is hard. We're all making mistakes. Even when we do the right thing, we oftentimes mingle in with the right thing, wrong things. You mean I should just worship God for his grace? Yes. That, that's not work. <laughs> Praise God from whom all blessings flow. And, when, and then we, we, we pray. I think we would do this even if this wasn't here. I think the natural outworking of, of just beholding Christ, the grace of God in Christ, is just that we would then be out of gratitude, forgiving and full of grace and mercy to other people. And that we would actually, like, we would actually give resources and time and effort to, into other people's lives. I think we would. And I also think that 
when we really behold Christ and salvation and sanctification and glorification and just the grace of God, I think we would naturally just praise God. Praise God. And I also think we would just continue to pray for more of God's grace, that we would continue to pray for more of God, that we would continue to pray for more of God in Christ. This isn't do these three things and come back and, and take these two cookies and some milk and come back and we'll talk again next week type of stuff. This isn't husbands love your wife and take out the trash type of stuff. This isn't, this isn't that stuff. This is everything. This is who we are. This is what we do here is because we're doing these things because of this is this is who we are. Again, it's not because we're trying to 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 be something that we're not. This isn't this isn't difficult to to just be gracious to other people because of all of the graciousness that we've experienced on Christ's behalf in our own lives. This isn't a bunch of work to say, Lord, I love you. Thank you for everything. Praise God. This isn't a bunch of work to say, Lord, Lord, would you, would you help? Would you continue to pour out your grace, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all, and, and then pray that for other people? We pray in confidence for that in which we have, for that in which we will have, Christ, God's grace, we have God because God has us. We have been taken hold of by Jesus Christ. We know God or rather have become known by God. And because of that, we pray confidence for more of God's grace for our own lives and for other people. I'm going to close. You guys can come up. And so I'll close with this. Again, a section of scripture that we read often. And when it's read to me, sometimes I can check out. And I'm sure what's true for me is potentially true for you unless I'm the worst person in this room. And here's the section. We know. So Paul, Paul, yes, is thanking him, them, for all their help and support, but he's, he's trying to encourage them that God's got it. And, when, and God's got them, and it's going to be okay. What God has for me, which is just strength in life circumstances where I'm able to be content no matter what is going on in life, you have that available to you also. God will give that to you also. And by the way, although you have it, and, and you've had it, and you have it, and you will have it, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. I'm going to pray that you have it and that you will have it. And here's what he says in Romans 8. We know that all things work together for the good. Grace, the grace of God, of those who love God and who are called grace according to his purpose. For those he foreknew, foreloved, grace. He also predestined grace to be conformed to the image of his son, more grace, so that he would be the firstborn among the many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, grace. He also called grace. And those he called grace. He also justified grace. And those he justified, grace. He also glorified grace. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, grace, who is against us? He did not even spare his own son, but gave grace. Him up for us all. How will he not also with him grant us everything? More grace. 
For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Grace on steroids. I love you guys. Thank you for your support. I want you to know that with or without your support, God was strengthening me and I was content through it all. And I want you to know that no matter what you face in your life, God is strengthening you and he will pour out his riches upon your life. Your great need for the hour and the day and the week is to be strengthened by Christ. He did it in my life. He's going to do it in your life. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to pray that he does it in your life. You have the grace of God. You are having the grace of God. You will have the grace of God. I pray that you now would have the grace of God. Let's pray. Lord, we, we want more of your grace. Lord, we look at this, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with your spirit. We say, Lord, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with my spirit, Lord. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for your Continue, grace. the grace we have right now, that we are being saved, we are being strengthened, we are being built up, regardless of our circumstances, regardless of our good days and our bad days, Lord, help us to think big picture. We look at last week and maybe we think we're not being strengthened, but if we look back, Lord, a little bit longer, we see your work in our lives. Thank you. And Lord, we know that we will continue to be strengthened by you. And so we, Lord, we ask, strengthen us. Strengthen your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.